this is Eden. I'm back on 88.9 The Bridge with my show Garden of Eden. It's Garden of Eden and I'm your host. I talk about what I like most. Garden of Eden. <laughs> um, today I'm joined with two special guests, Lily Safir and Kelly Hillard. Thank you guys for joining me. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. <laughs> and we are at a social distance right now, so I apologize if the audio is a little echoey, but... Anyway, today we're going to be discussing four questions regarding um, the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests going on that are kind of controversial. So I think that the um, idea of what we're discussing today will become more clear as we keep going. So I'm just going to start with number one, which is, is breaking social distancing justified for protest? My initial reaction would be to say yes, it is justified. It's hard to say because another one that I have later on is, will any change come of this? Like, are the protests even going to be productive in the first place? So is it worth it to be going to them and break social distancing and spread the virus? And I think that um, for me, I feel like it'd be hard to make a blanket statement of saying, yes, it is justified for all people or no, it is never justified. Um, Because I think it really comes down to like what you said, it's individual and on a case by case kind of basis. So each person has to examine and say, like, is this justified for me? Like, am I living with someone who's immunocompromised and this would put them at really extreme risk? Then probably it's not justified. If, you know, they're saying, I understand that it's, I understand the negative impacts of breaking social distancing, but I, my care for this right now supersedes that, then maybe it is justified. So it's really, it depends. Some, another interesting way to look at it is that protests are people are trying to make change, people trying to get others in, in positions of power, like government officials, to make changes. And the fact that we're going against everything that's advised, social distancing, sl- slowing the spread of the virus, the fact that so many people are breaking it for this cause kind of emphasizes its significance, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it could be seen as more powerful, like look at, at hundreds of thousands of people across the the nation coming together for this movement going against everything that you've advised maybe it could make it more powerful yeah but i can also see like the other side where spreading this disease is just really inconsiderate to the people that are immunocompromised Mm -hmm. and you can't just choose not to go because the more the disease spreads the more everyone is susceptible to it and the more everyone is exposed to it not just the people that chose to go so it's not like they're taking the risk only for themselves. Mm -hmm. They're taking that risk for everyone. And even some of the people that, I don't agree with it, but like the people that maybe don't support the Black Lives Matter movement would also end up being exposed or like the people that choose to stay home. Yeah. I I also think, I don't know, this is another case, case by case thing, but there are a lot of teenagers I know who are going to the protests and leaving their houses as an excuse to hang out with their friends. It's hard to say that some people are being selfish because you never know, but the intentions of a lot more people than we would think is in part, oh, I can do something now. I have an excuse to go out. Yeah, and it's hard It's hard to distinguish the two, right? It's sometimes really hard. they do blur together. I think that they totally blur That's This is why... Okay, so I think a better way to word this question would be how justified is it? Yeah, I, I also think that kind of with what you were saying, like people using this as an excuse to go out um, kind of shows how like the fact that there is a pandemic counterintuitively is actually like giving strength to these protests because um, 
there's no way to know for certain, but I think that if people were going about their daily lives and going to work, these um, protests wouldn't have the same numbers or the same strength or the same frequency. It would be interesting to see what would have happened if the George Floyd incident and Breonna Taylor and Amy Cooper, what the reaction would have been if everybody was in school. This is the only thing people have to focus on. Well, not the only thing, but it's one of the only things. And it's really easy to jump on a cause when you have nothing else to do. And you've seen other incidents happen, like um, March for Our Lives and gun regulation, things like that, um, where people will post on Instagram and for a week it's a hot topic and then it passes. And I wonder if it would be more similar to that than what it's become if we weren't social distancing and if it wasn't the only thing to focus on. It's it's a very weird kind of silver lining to it because I think that this kind of demonstration of anger is honestly what our country needs right now. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's, you know, it's slowing the, the stop to a virus that's hurting people. So it's it's conflicting. There's just so much going on in the United States right now that it's hard to fathom. I think we should move on to the next one or else we're just never going to get through these because there's so many layers to all of them. But um, are all cops bastards? So you see protests holding up, protesters holding up signs and people posting the hashtag um, ACAB, which stands for all cops are bastards. And I just want to hear, what do you guys think about that? Well, I think for me, before I like speak on uh, that like phrase or acronym, I think I have to, I want to, like, check with you guys that I really understand, like, what its meaning is, because I don't want to, like, talk about it if I don't really understand. So what I've heard is that it's not specifically saying that all individual cops are inherently bad people, but they are taking part in a corrupt system and that therefore makes them corrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, yes? Yes. Yeah. Like, I understand the justification for it in, like, I've heard people talk to that point, but just in my opinion, that acronym in specific, I think it's more divisive and unhelpful than maybe other slogans that I would agree with more. That's that's kind of what I was thinking, like, Black Lives Matter, I think that makes a very clear point. Um, all cops are bastards. I, I think there is a point to it. And I do agree that the system is corrupt, but I don't, I don't know if that acronym is pr- productive or persuasive because I think, I think the focus needs to be on the system as a whole. And this, this phrase is partially addressing that, but it's mostly looking at individuals. Like, I think that cops are necessary in a lot of different regards and that saying every single one should be gone it's too extreme and it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I think what's necessary right now is like reform because I I would agree with you that change needs to be made, but I think it is a little bit naive to say that we as a society can, you know, function without law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said before, I don't really think I don't really think that this um, phrase is directed so much towards reform as abolition, um, which to me feels extreme. Yeah, it just seems, yeah, less like reform, more just hating on a system that we need to change. Yeah. Okay, then 
<laughs> we move on to the next question, third. Is violence ever justified? So this question is asking, is violence is violence justified specifically in the protests? I think that we should take it in terms of this situation. I think so. Okay. Um, I think the important thing to do is to distinguish between two types of um, kind of, I guess you could describe as like unlawfulness that's occurring right now is you need to look at the groups of leaders who are completely manipulating the situation and um, using this for their own benefit. And then you need to look at the people who care deeply about the situation and are acting in more violent ways on their emotions. And I think it's really dangerous to group those two together, which I think is happening a lot right now. Yeah, I totally agree. So, yeah. But I, I, I was also thinking of this as, I know that there's huge distinctions between looters and protesters, but then there's kind of the in-between, um, people burning cop cars, um, and like anarchists, yeah, also who are kind of having fun with this, and then, I don't know, I think whether or not it's nice to admit, the protests are definitely getting more attention because of the acts of violence of some people, which is unfortunate that, you know, peaceful protests don't get the same attention. They don't get the same respect from social media. So it's hard. I'm actually, I'm going to say, if if you're looking at looters as this kind of subgroup that came of Black Lives Matter and are using it as an excuse to loot and aren't really doing it for the cause, if you're kind of disregarding them, um, I think... Other small acts of public de- of destruction of public property, spray painting, setting things on fire. <sighs> I think in some form it is justified because for the benefit of it getting all this attention, I mean, what what does it really do in the long run? Yeah, and I, I saw this video of um, this, it was an African-American man at a protest and someone from a news channel was like interviewing him. And basically there was like a burning building behind him and he pointed at the building and he said, this is how I feel. Um, which to me was interesting because I, I think that the, you know, gathering in large groups to peacefully protest is very powerful, but it doesn't always fully achieve in demonstrating just how, you know, how in pain people are. And I think, unfortunately for us as a country to fully wake up to the way they are feeling, it might take more than, you know, a large gathering. I know also though that a lot of people will use any form of violence that occurs at the protests Mm -hmm. as an excuse to write off the movement as a Mm -hmm. whole. They can sit back in their houses watching the TV and be like, look at those hoodlums that are destroying our city and ruining this for everyone, right? And that just gives them an excuse to turn a blind eye and yeah. dismiss the entire thing. And I know there's a lot of peaceful protesters out there. That's that's not what they want. They want to make change. They want to make connections with the world. They want more people to support the movement. And I feel like sometimes extreme forms of protest, like violence and lighting cop cars on fire really just alienates the other mm-hmm. people that might not be fully in support of the movement yet that we might want to bring over to the side of Black Lives Matter. But it's also important to recognize that 
the news coverage of protests are going to focus on the acts of violence because it's what people want to see. It's the headlines that people will of click course. on. So, but then there's another layer to that because then it's like, well, at, if it's there's a protest going on and they will cover this act of violence, they're covering something. And they wouldn't have it all if it didn't happen. Yeah. I I also think um, just it's good to remember that if there's someone that isn't in support of a of a certain cause that people are protesting for, they will always find a reason to write it off. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. really whatever way they are protesting. Obviously, this is like a really fast and easy way to be like, you know, this movement is, is crazy. Like, I do not support this. Yeah. But people can use anything. It doesn't matter how peaceful or... That's true. I think we can do the last question. And then I have a few other things that I've thought of that I didn't write down that I regret not writing down that we can talk about at the end. Okay. Okay, so next one is, will any change actually come of this? Maybe I didn't think out the wording of this question very well because I think immediate change might not come of this. Change will come slowly and in in the future. So it's hard to say then because it's not the future so we don't actually know. I agree. I don't think uh, maybe immediate change will come but not necessarily um, very noticeable or um, effective change. I think change will come in the long term. I think if anything what these protests are doing is they're galvanizing people. Hopefully it will increase voter turnout but like who knows. Um, And I think it is hopefully waking people up to the idea that even if they don't agree, there is a large demographic of people in this country that feel strongly enough to protest every single day. And, you know, yeah, I feel like whatever side of the movement you're on, based off of what you're seeing on the news, you can see that there is something within our country that needs to be solved. Mm -hmm. Because what we've been doing for the past you know, decades or century, it, it's not working. So it, this will require more than a Band-Aid to fix. Yeah. At first, when everything was starting, I was like, oh gosh, another thing where everybody posts on social media for a week and then it blows over and then I'm annoyed because nothing actually came of it. But as it's continued to go on, first of all, it hasn't died down yet. And it doesn't look like it's going to... When I say die down, I don't mean the issue goes away. I mean the reaction to the issue. But this has spread internationally, which does happen for a few other issues in the U.S., but the, the way that this is spread internationally is rare. Every, everybody all across the world is outraged by what's happening in the U.S., and that, that looks really bad on our country and our government, and it's also odd that we are supposed to be the, the image of democracy, but things happening with our president are proving that maybe that's not what's even happening right now. I think that that in itself will produce a lot of change. Yeah, sometimes it's not about seeing immediate change because these changes aren't immediate. They take time, they're slow, which is infuriating and why part of the reason why people are protesting right now because we have not seen change in our country fast enough. But sometimes the response to protest isn't always about looking for immediate change. Sometimes it's about letting the world know where we stand, who we stand with, and that the black communities of this country aren't alone, Mm -hmm. and that we recognize that this is a problem as a country and we're going to fight it together. 
A ton of civilians can come together and a ton of people from all different backgrounds can come together to support a movement. But at the end of the day, it's the government that can actually, actually change things. And I don't know how easy that will be to make happen, especially considering the divides happening in our politics right now. Yeah, and what I will say to that, and this might be a total romanticization of democracy as a whole, but I hope these protests do inspire some people to vote and use what power they have in our government to make a change, you know, elect people that support the movement, that will try to make laws and new legislature to actually help and protect the communities that we're looking to protect and that need protecting right now. Yeah, I think that's really the question surrounding all of this at the end of the day is, will this will this bring people to vote? Will this, you know, frustration translate into um, into law and um, better politicians? And I hope so. It might take a really long time, but I'm hoping that we can kind of maintain some of this momentum until election season, until campaigns start, because I think if the two kind of come together, then that will have a bigger impact than almost anything else we can do right now. So I guess if you're listening to this vote, yeah. I, ca- I can't vote in the next election. Can either of you guys? I can't. I can't. I think on oh, us can. I can. Oh. Well, yeah. but it, you, there are other ways that you can get involved and there'll be, there'll be, I think that a lot of campaigns will be circulating social media. You can pre-register to vote. 16 yes. or 17, right? Yes, yeah, 16. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think before we end this off, there were, I didn't forward this into a question, but I wanted to talk about social media because mm. I realized I didn't include that as a question. I feel like that's a big... <laughs> I feel like, how would I, I don't know how I would word that as a question. What are your guys' thoughts on social media and how it's contributing to the events happening right now? Whether that's for the better or for the worse. I guess I'll start with the positive side of things. I think social media has been a great tool for some people to quickly spread information about protests, about sharing videos of of the protests, sharing information and spreading the message. But there's also another side of that where I don't know, I guess you guys have like heard of performative action where people jump on a movement just to say that they've like done something and they'll use their token post saying black lives matter to you know kind of diminish that white guilt yeah i think it assuages a lot of white guilt um i think that in that way it's problematic where if people didn't have that outlet to kind of say like hey i did this maybe that guilt would push them one step further to actually do something um but now they can you know turn towards social media and you know, that makes them feel as though they've done what they need to do. And I also think that it it does at times turn into a bit of a competition. Also stemming from guilt to, you know, see who's doing better, who's the most politically active, who's the least ignorant, you know? Yeah. I could go on for so long about all of the flaws that I see in social media reacting to this. I could talk about how contradictory so many posts are people saying violence is bad then people saying it's justified in this case people posting videos and statements and quotes that are inaccurate the spread of misinformation Mm. and things like blackout tuesday when people posted a 
black photo on their Instagram feed saying hashtag Black Lives Matter with a black heart, but you hadn't seen their social media presence throughout any of this, but they made themselves feel better by doing that, which shows Lily's point about. And, and I found myself a culprit of feeling bad and feeling like I need to post something to make myself feel less bad. There have been times that I haven't done it. Like, I'll be reading the New York Times um, to catch myself up on what's happening. And I'll be like, oh, should I take a screenshot of this New York Times article I'm reading to show that I am, I know what's happening right now. I'm involved. Yeah, like you have to prove yourself to the world instead of just holding yourself accountable. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a demonstration that you're politically active so it's it's convincing other people and yourself at the same time um i i had to delete all my social media because it just became kind of too much and i i will say at first it became at first it was a place to get good information but it reached a point where i had seen that information so i was good and then it just i kept on seeing a lot of things where i could tell it it only serves to make people feel better about themselves. Or like what Eden said about the spread of misinformation too. There have been so many posts where I've seen and I'll just Google them for like 10 seconds and they're totally false. And they've yes. already had, they've already gone viral. It's too late. People have already believed the message and are spreading it. And it's so frustrating to see because I can't stop it. I, I would also say something that I've noticed is that People are fighting over social media in a way that is not productive in the slightest because they're not they're not keeping calm. So if anything, it's making the other person like dig their heels in even more. Um, and it's almost uh, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just people feeling like this is a little specific, but, you know, oh, I just attacked this conservative, like, good, like, I taught them, you know, a lesson, and, you know, it's kind of self-indulgent, because it's mm -hmm. not achieving anything at all, so, but people, it does make them feel like, I, you know, I shared my opinions, I did good. I also think that something annoying about social media is, if there is one opinion that's slightly, slightly anti-Black Lives Matter, that person will get hounded by everybody else and then that kind of defeats the purpose of swaying people to your side having conversations i think hearing the i think bringing opinions of people who don't support black lives matter to the surface is really important yeah i think if no one is going to be attacked on the internet and then think maybe i should reevaluate my beliefs like mm -hmm. the, the immediate response is to shut down yeah, or even worth like dig deeper. Dig into deeper, your like believe with even more conviction that you are right, because you know the people that kind of you know just started fighting with you, they seem crazy too because they get so angry. Mm -hmm. And I realize that that anger is justified, and yeah, that the people sometimes that are digging their heels into their opinions are a huge part of the problem, and that them just being in front of you and you just want to shake them out of their opinions, but that's just not how it works. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if if anything. If someone who's super conservative posts on Instagram about their conservative beliefs and then gets attacked by someone that they label as a liberal or a liberal snowflake, then they'll say, this is the response I expected. Look at this liberal attacking me. Ha ha ha, I'm right. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, this movement would have not gotten even a fraction of how popular it has gotten if it weren't for social media. Absolutely. It's yeah. not even debatable 
mm-hmm. how popular this movement would have gotten now versus if social media didn't exist. Like, it's contributing negatively in so many ways, but also look at what it's done. I would say net positive. I think as I would, a net. I think I would. Like, it, it pains me to say net positive. It exposes so many more people to the issue. Yeah. Whereas maybe if otherwise you would have had to go on looking for the information. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of shoved down our throats yeah. all the time. Like, it would be genuinely difficult to avoid this at very, this point. Very, very yeah. hard. And there were a lot of things. I'm just going to shout out Lila Shroff, general manager of 88.9, who posted a um, fundraising. She said, she posted a picture that said, let's raise money together. Um, Venmo me at, and she posted her username. We're going to try to get to $1,000. And through getting matchers, through basically... People are looking for something to do that's not hard to make themselves feel better. And she, I think she knew that she had to have known that. And she ended up raising through matching and just donations from people on Instagram and other social media, 50,000 plus dollars for NAACP. And that is insane. She leveraged social media to the advantage of the movement and she made positive change. So there are cases like that. And then there's everything else. But I don't want to discredit all the good that's happening on social media just because of the overwhelming amount of bad. I think it's hard because when you use social media, it's really easy to get frustrated by oh it. Oh my gosh, And yeah. you're, you aren't constantly reminding yourself like, well, but this has given power to the movement. So it becomes easy to just kind of look at as bad. Another hard thing about social media that I just want to mention, we live on Mercer Island, which is predominantly white. So most of the people on my Instagram feed, just because it's who I follow, because it's who I live around, are white, sharing their opinions on a movement surrounding people of color. Yeah, I, I think it's it's sad for me to acknowledge that um, this is a movement for black lives and I'm I'm not hearing any black voices and that's because of where I live. So, yeah. but it's, there's a lot of irony to it. Yeah, um, there's probably, I don't know if this is right, but a little bit of white savior complex, a little bit. Will you there? explain what that is? It's just the idea that white people are, like, in the role of, like, a savior to Mm -hmm. black people or other minorities. Um, Not saying that that's at all, you know, the only motivating factor uh, in all of this, but I think it's there. It is there. Yeah, I would agree. And, like, we are in a place of privilege, like, our skin tone gives us privilege, and... I think it's necessary that we use that privilege to spread the message, but there comes a point where maybe we should step back a little yeah. bit and support Black voices that are carrying this movement instead of mm-hmm. trying to make this movement all about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that brings me to something that like I've kind of been dealing with, like trying to find a balance because I'm, I'm hearing two things. So one thing that I'm hearing is white people, like this is not the time to like you know, just sit back and think that this is the issue of other people. You need to engage in positive conversations. You need to, you know, embrace the awkwardness of conversations that you wouldn't have normally. And then I'm hearing on the other side, like, white people, this is time for you to be quiet, like, for the first time ever. Like, just listen. That's all you need to do. So I think it's a hard, you know, it's a it's a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've heard both of those, and they, they aren't really contradictory, but they can seem it at on the surface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also the countless posts and I, I just things you see saying you should have done this, this, and this, and this. Donate here. Support this movement. Send this email. Make this phone call. And because there's so many 
post saying, do this, do this, do this, do this. When you're, you've done all of it, it still feels like you haven't done enough. And I think that's where it becomes hard to just sit back and listen mm-hmm. because you inherently want to do something else. I, I think that with what you mentioned with social media, fighting institutionalized racism has almost felt like a checklist in a way with the like, yeah. you know, I've, I found myself and this is horrible, but like thinking like, okay, I've donated here. I got this book. I emailed this person, like just trying to kind mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. you know, count counterbalance like the the horribleness that I feel by just like adding things onto the list and that's not how it works and my parents are reminding me of that like it's how you act your entire life but it really feels like right now I'm just trying to just you know add things on yeah it'll be interesting to listen back to this episode because we have no idea we don't we don't know where the movement is going we don't know if in two weeks the momentum will have stayed the same if it will have died down if it won't even seem to exist at all if there'll only be a few voices left. We have no idea. We'll see, I guess. Yeah. Do you guys have any other thoughts? There's so much more we could say yeah. about it. No, I think this was a good conversation because I think these questions are really on the forefront of a lot of people's minds and no one knows the answers to them. So yeah. it's just good to talk about them. Um, then I think we should end it there for now. Us three will be back with an episode on Jenny Holzer's truisms probably next week and if not next week, shortly after. So thank you for talking with me, guys. This has been um, Kelly Hillard, Lily Safir, and Eden Voss with my show Garden of Eden on 88.9 The Bridge. Um, You can tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.